I've got a very simple message this morning, or at least I hope it's simple. I hope we can, we can get it into our heads. And that is that God loves you. Do you know that this morning? Show hands. God loves you. Awesome. Let's just, let's just pray before I start this morning. God, our Heavenly Father, I just thank you for who you are. I just thank you for the way that you love us, just the way that we are. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together and just to worship, to fellowship together, to share life together, to love each other. God, I pray this morning that uh, you just open our hearts and our ears and our minds to hear what it is that you want to say to us and really hear, God. God, I just thank you for your love for each one of us this morning. In your precious name. Amen. Okay, so we know that God loves us and there's going to be some interaction this morning. I'm going to ask you at times whoops, to say, God loves me. Can we practice that now? Ready? God loves me. Oh, we've got to do a bit better than that. Come on, nice and loud. Come on, this is God we're talking about. God loves me. Come on. God loves me. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. You get a, you get a tick for that one. So over the last few weeks, we've had some pretty awesome times, haven't we? We had our combined service with, with uh, the Lutherans and, and St. Andrews and Good Shepherd Lutheran Churches, and that was a really great time, shared lunch together. And, you know, we had Isaac come up for the 10th uh, birthday celebration, and Dave and Audrey Vokes came as well, and both of them shared into our lives. Um, you know, Isaac... One, one example that Isaac gave really just stuck with me, and that was the example where he's talking about coming into the presence of God. Do you remember that example? Where he's saying, you know, he's getting all dressed up and he's getting his Bible readings ready, and he comes up and he knocks on the door and he opens the door, and he's like, oh, God, it's so good to be with you, and he grabs some food off the feasting table and he runs out the door and shuts because he doesn't want to take up too much of God's time or he doesn't feel worthy or anything like that. You know, he's preparing himself and then he knocks on the door and he runs in and he snatches some stuff off the table and then he runs away. That's not the sort of relationship that God wants to have with us. And then Dave, at the, uh, the 10th birthday celebration, he, uh, if, you remind, if you remember back to that and if you were there, you would have experienced the awesome singing of Dave as he, he reminded us of, of the song, uh, One Thing Remains. Have we got it? Let me put it up on the screen. I just want us to have a look at the words. Is that the right? Yes, that's the one. Excellent. Thank you, Alan. I'm not going to sing for you. I could, but I'm not going to. Um, and I just want us to really look at these words. This song is all about the love that God has for us. And it starts off with higher than the mountains that we face. God's love is stronger than the power of the grave and it's constant in the trial and it's constant in the change of the things that we come up against. And in all of those things, God's love never fails. It never gives up and it never runs out on us. And then it goes on to say, and it says, and on and on and on and on, God's love goes. And it overwhelms and it satisfies our souls. 
and we don't have to be afraid because that one thing remains. God's love never fails, it never gives up. It never runs out on us. And then it says, in death and in life, I can be confident and I am covered by the power of God's great love. My debt is paid and there is nothing that I can do that will separate my heart from the love that God has for each one of us. And that, that bridge, that there that comes up on the screen, is, is from Romans 8, 35 to 39. And again, it says pretty much exactly that. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or if we encounter calamity or we are persecuted or we're hungry or we're destitute or we're in danger or we are threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Not death, not life, not angels, not demons, even the powers of hell can never separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that God has revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you get it? Do you get that God's love never fails? It's never ending and it's never failing. And there is nothing that we can do that will ever stop God from loving us. As part of the, the 10th birthday celebrations that we had, we had a, uh, a leadership team get together at Neil and Joe's place and um, we had opportunity to hear from Dave and Audrey and, and a prayer time and, and while we are praying that prayer time, God gave me a picture. And initially I thought that picture was just for me but as I've thought about it over the last couple of weeks, I've realised that this is a picture for the church and it's something that God is trying to say to us, I think, in the example that Isaac gave us of, of coming in and just snatching stuff and then running away. And, and how Dave pointed out that song, that God loves never failed. Because I think somehow we've just lost that picture of what God love, God's love really means. And so I want to share that picture with you this morning. So who knows Bucket Park? No. I mean, <laughs> sorry, that's what my kids call it. Um... um Leanya Waterpark, awesome, thank you, thank you, okay. So do we all know Leanya Waterpark, it's got the playground, it's got the big bucket, fills up with water and all the kids sit there and they're waiting and they're waiting and then all of a sudden no warning, it tips over, a huge torrent of water and kids go flying and if you're an adult watching you get wet standing there quite a distance away. So that is the, that's essentially the picture that God gave me, is that we're standing under this huge bucket at Bucket Park, at Lake Leanya. And the thing is that we don't actually have to wait for that bucket to tip. That bucket is just pouring that torrent of water out all the time. That bucket is God's heart and his love for us. And he's pouring out a torrent of love for each one of us all the time. And so there's some people that are standing there and they're just, ah, oh, this is great, and they're just getting absolutely soaked to the bone. 
and then there's other people that are standing there and they're getting soaked to the bone too, but then all of a sudden out comes the umbrella. And it's like they're saying, okay, God, thanks for that. You know, it's been great to be at church and it's been great to be at small group, but now I've got to get on with life. I've got to go and do my work. I've got to, you know, I've got to play sport. I've got to do all of the things that is life. And then there are other people in the picture who are sitting in, like, concrete tunnels, you know, like the drains you get under, the square drains you get under the road, sort of like that, and they're sitting inside the drain under the cover, looking out at this torrent just pouring down, and occasionally they'll come out and they'll put their hand into the water, and they sort of, <laughs> oh, sorry, pat themselves down and, and get wet that way. And still, another group of people is down the back of these tunnels, hiding away in the darkness, And I don't know if they've ever known the love that God has for them or whether they've known it and they're just feeling so guilty and so ashamed of things that they've done that they've just gone and they're hiding down the back. They think that God doesn't care. I wonder if you can relate to any of those people this morning. I know certainly for myself, at different times in my life, I could probably put myself in every single one of those positions. But God is saying to us this morning, stay in my love. Stay in the torrent. Be soaked to the bone. Constantly. No matter what you're doing. You know, put away the umbrellas. Step out from your cover. Come out of the darkness and into the light. And be soaked in the love that God has for each one of us. You know, we've, we've read it in that song, God's love never fails and it never gives up and there's nothing that we can do to separate it. So if you're one of those people hiding in the dark, come out into the light. If you're under the cover, come out and be soaked. Put your umbrellas away if that's what you do. Nothing that we've done can ever separate us from God's love. You know, John 3.16, we're all very familiar with that verse, but it is just an amazing example of who God is. It says, For God so loved the world. Get that? God so loved the world, the entire world, every living thing that has ever been or will ever be, He loves us all. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You know, God loves each one of us so much and he wants to be in relationship with us all the time and he wants to be in relationship with us so badly that he gave up his son. Don't know about you, as a, as a father, I could not do that. I would say, no, it's not worth it. I love my son too much to give him up. But that's exactly what God did. And it's not like me giving up my son. This is God we're talking about. And so Jesus came down to earth. And Jesus' purpose was twofold. There were two things that Jesus came down for. Firstly, he came down to be that pure and spotless sacrifice that we've talked about this morning. And he died upon the cross for each one of us. 
Do you get that? Declare it this morning, God loves me. You know, he came down and he died on the cross and he took our sin and he took our shame and he took all of the rubbish that's in our lives and all the rubbish that's been in anyone's lives and will be in anyone's lives and he took it upon himself. He took the blame for what we should be punished for. And all we have to do to receive that love is to ask Jesus to be the ruler of our lives to hand our lives over to him and to walk with him. And in return, we don't perish. We have everlasting life and we live in eternity with God. So that's the first reason that Jesus came down. But then he also came down to be an example to us, to be an example of how we should live and how God loves us. So I just want to quickly touch on a few examples of the way that Jesus loved and the way that Jesus lived. And there's a few different stories here and I'll give you the readings and I'd really encourage you to take some time. You've already got some homework from Ron, so I'm just going to add some more. Okay, so it'd be really great to take some time and to read these through in your own time. I'm going to give you the the Matt's version of the story with some selected verses here and there. So the first story I want to look at is the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well which is in John 4, and it's verse 1 to 42. Okay, and the way that that story goes is that Jesus was travelling between Judea to Galilee. And he was walking along, and it was the middle of the day, and he needed to stop to get some food and some water, and so they stopped in a Sumerian town, which wasn't a real good thing in those days in Jewish custom. And so Jesus was out by the well and the disciples had gone into town to get food. And as he was sitting at the well in the noonday sun, a Samaritan woman came up and Jesus had an interaction with her and he started to talk to her about who he was, the fact that he was the Messiah and that he could change her life, he could give her everlasting water to drink rather than the water that was coming out of the well. And he challenged her to go and get her husband from town so she, could, she and he could come back and be ministered to. He gave her an opportunity to speak about her life. And she corrected him and said, no, I don't actually, I don't actually have a husband. And after that she had admitted to that, Jesus told her everything that he knew about her. He told her that she had five husbands previously and the man that she was living with now wasn't her husband. He knew who she was already because he, had, he has relationships through God. God has relationship with each one of us and he knows who we are. But he wants the opportunity to interact. And the interaction that God had, that Jesus had with this woman, changed her whole life. She suddenly realised that Jesus was the Messiah and all of that 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 entailed and she ran back to the village and she told everyone she could find and then people came streaming out of the village and Jesus ministered to them as well and changed their hearts because they allowed the interaction and then the thing that really jumps out at me Jesus had plans he was going from Judea to Galilee he was stopping to get some food and a drink 
and he bumps into this woman and then he changes his plans and he spends the next two days there ministering and changing lives simply because he wanted to take time to build relationship with one person and she allowed him to do it. Jesus wants to build relationship with us as well. He has the time for you. He will change his plans for you. Are you giving him that time? Jesus loves you. Say it again. Jesus loves me. The next story, Zacchaeus. And again, I'm sure we're all familiar with this story. But this story can be found in Luke 19, 1 to 10. And this story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the head tax collector in the town. And he was very wealthy and he was very well off. And Jesus was coming in through the town and, and, G- and Zacchaeus wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus. So he, had, he was this little short guy and so he climbed a tree just to get a glimpse of this Jesus walking past. And Jesus sees him up that tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I am coming to your place to stay. And the impact that that had on Zacchaeus was amazing. And the impact that that had on the people in that village was amazing because the people were saying, what's he doing? Zacchaeus, he's a sinner. He's the chief tax collector. He's ripping people off. Look how much money he's got. And yet Jesus wants to go to his house. What's that about? And again, the time that Jesus spent with Zacchaeus impacted him so greatly that in verse 8 he actually says, I will give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. What an impact. Jesus was being purposeful and intentional when he was looking for Zacchaeus. He knew he was going to be there and he was on the lookout for him so that he could save him from his sins and change his life. Jesus is also seeking you. And then even on the cross, the crucifixion, the ultimate sacrifice, the main reason that Jesus was here on earth, in Luke 23, 1 to 43, is the entire story of of the crucifixion process. But as Jesus hung on the cross dying for our sin, for our wrongdoings, for all wrongdoings of all time, he loved. And it just blows my mind. Here is a guy who has been beaten, who has been whipped, who has had a crown of thorns slammed onto his head, who has had nails driven through his hands and through his feet. He's been spat on. He's had horrible words thrown at him. And here he is hanging on a cross, bleeding and bruised and broken. And he felt nothing but compassion for the people around him. He looked down on those soldiers who had just beaten him and done all of these things to him, who were, who were gambling over his clothing. And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. 
Jesus was crucified beside two criminals. And those two criminals were arguing about who they thought Jesus was. And one of them got it and the other one didn't. And the one that recognised who Jesus really was asked for that forgiveness and Jesus said, yes, you'll be with me in eternity today. Jesus forgives us. He forgives you, each one of you. Jesus has love for us all. You know, as we read in John 3.16, God so loved the world, everything, everyone who has ever existed or who will ever exist. Say it again, God loves me. me. You know, today, I I know I'm taking a little bit more time, but I really really want to get this out. So just bear with me. You know, today is Father's Day and, you know, we've had opportunity this morning to pray together and to just congratulate the fathers and, and just to remember our earthly fathers. But I also want to get us to remember our heavenly father this morning as well, who is so much more important than our earthly father. You know, we've all had different sorts of fathers. You know, we've had some great ones and we might have had a really bad one. We might have one who's always been there we've had one who was never there but the reality is we've all had fathers otherwise we wouldn't be here let's just finish this morning by looking at God's character of our heavenly father and I want to do that by looking at the story of the prodigal son which is in Luke 15 11 to 32 And again, I'm going to give you the Matt's version of this. So the son goes out and he, and he decides he's had enough of his dad and his family and he wants his inheritance now. He wants all the money that's due to him, his percentage of the property, and he's, he's out of there. He's had enough. And so he takes his inheritance and he goes to a far-off land and he blows it all on parties and women and booze and all of the rest of it. And after a while, after all his funds have dried up, he finds himself working as a, as a pig herd and he's got no food and he's grovelling around in the mud eating the food that is, is for the pigs. He's hit rock bottom. And he suddenly realises that even the slaves, even the servants that are working in his father's house get treated better, treated better than what he was. And so he says in verse 18, I will set out and I'll go back to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. And so he decided that's what he's going to say. That's what I'm going to do. He's going to say, He got up and he ran. He ran back to his father's house. And it goes on to say this. But while he was still a way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And the father ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. 
God, our Heavenly Father, is standing on the porch and he's saying, Come home. I love you. And he'll run to you if you ask him. You know, whether you've been gone for a day, whether you've been gone for a week, whether you've been gone for a month, or whether you have never realised the love that God has for you, he's waiting and he's calling your name. Say it again. God loves me. Put away the umbrellas. Step out from the cover. Come out of the darkness and into the light. Into that torrential love that God has for each one of us. Don't worry about being greedy or or that you're going to take too much. This is God we're talking about. He has a love that never fails, that never ends. It goes on and on and on and on. Just accept it. Stand in that torrential pouring out of love that God has for each one of us and be soaked to the core. Always. Musos, do you want to come up? And we're going to just spend a bit more time in worship now. But before we do that, let's just, let's just pray together. Our glorious Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much this morning for your love. Your love for each one of us that is just a, a constant pouring out. God, I pray this morning that you help us to identify who we are in you whether we're that person that, that is actually just standing there constantly in your torrential love, God, and I just thank you for that if we are. God, if we're putting up umbrellas when we, got, we think we've got more important things to do, God, I pray that you help us to pull those umbrellas down. God, I pray if we're hiding away under some sort of structure that, that you would draw us out, God. So that rather than just putting our hands out into that torrent, that, that we're actually just standing there and just being soaked, God. And if we're hiding away in the darkness, God, just give us the courage to step out into the light and into your love. Just allow that torrential love to just wash everything away. The way that you promised when your son Jesus died on the cross for each one of us. Thank you, Lord. And this morning, if you've never been in a place where you've invited Jesus into your heart, I just want to give you that opportunity this morning. Just pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, thank you for the love that you have for me. Thank you that you care for me and that you died for me. Jesus, just forgive me right now for the things in my life that I've done wrong, that have gone against you. Forgive me for those sins that I've committed. 
Jesus, come into my life. Be the ruler of my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, that is so awesome. Make sure you tell someone. Come and tell me. Tell the person that you came with this morning. Tell someone at morning tea as we share after this. And I just invite you this morning, if you want prayer for anything to come, God just wants to pour his love out on us this morning. Remember, God loves us. Amen.